You're listening to Socialist News and Views with your host, Nick Schillingford. Coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis, I'm Nick Schillingford. In the second half of the show, we have an interview from PrisonRadio.org with Momia Abu-Jamal, done by students and professors at the University of California, Santa Cruz. But first, as we have seen so starkly in the recent past, our climate is completely out of whack. So today, we focus on news of our environment, both on this planet and beyond. It'sGoingDown.org has a report from July 7th entitled, Two Indigenous Water Protectors of Centuries and Stop Line 3 Construction. This is a response. This is a report from the GNU Golden Eagle Collective. The report highlights two indigenous water protectors who engaged in tree sits and two who crawled into pipeline segments in Lake Washburn, Minnesota. The report says this follows on the heels of 14 previous lockdowns at another Line 3 site. The report also outlines the gravity of the current situation, saying, quote, Enbridge has begun drilling rivers across northern Minnesota, including the Willow River, where it appears construction hit an aquifer while drilling yesterday. Drilling mud was documented spreading into the river as a spill kit sat ashore. Police repression has dramatically escalated in recent weeks as Hubbard County Sheriff's blockade Namewag Camp and continue to randomly issue citations since the initial riot line. One vehicle was cited while attempting a water delivery to the private property encampment. Over 500 people have been arrested to date fighting Line 3, destruction of Anishinaabe Treaty Territory, and expansion of the fossil fuel industry as climate crisis rages across the planet. That was from itsgoingdown.org. You can read more on their website. Roarmag.org has an article on July 8th entitled From the Depths of the Pandemic Towards an Eco-Socialist Utopia. The author, Martin Aidnick, says that socialism was, quote, born in the aftermath of the French Revolution and the early days of industrialization, end quote, and goes on to ask the question, quote, how does the wisdom of socialism, both in its Marxian and ecological forms, apply to our own time, the time of COVID-19 and climate emergency, end quote. After years of, quote, the reign of neoliberalism has led to contraction of the public sector and neglect for health care, the huge impact of COVID-19, quote, underscores the need for socialist transformation, end quote. The article notes a UN report that explains that even with the slight reduction in carbon dioxide emissions during the pandemic period, the Earth's still heading for global temperature rise above 3 degrees Celsius this century. The author discusses the scientific socialism of Marx and Engels and calls its critique of capitalism, quote, unsurpassed and, quote, relevant. The article contrasts this to utopian socialists such as Robert Owen, who believed in appealing to all classes based on the ideas of justice and reason instead of only focusing on the working class. But it says, quote, Marxian socialism also has its own 
utopian character, end quote. The article discusses the need to, quote, go beyond the mere analysis of capitalism, dubbed Coldstream, and speak of a better world, the warm stream, end quote. This, it says, is encapsulated in the utopian retheorized Marxism of Ernest Bloch. You can find out more about Adnick and Bloch on their disagreements with Marx and perspective for a utopian eco-socialism at RoarMag.org. Helena Nicholson writes on Marxist.com an article entitled Greenwashing Sustainable Investment, Why Capitalism Can't Solve the Climate Crisis. The article says that Boris Johnson last month at the G7 used a slogan, which we know is also being used by the likes of neoliberals like Biden in the U.S. saying, quote, build back better, end quote. His words mark the launching of the Build Back Better World Partnership, which the article states is, quote, a project instigated by the Biden administration and backed by the G7 governments to funnel private capital into climate, health, digital technology, and gender equality projects in developing countries, end quote. But it says the project is cynical and backed up by imperialism and exploitation. Nicholson says the U.S. is trying to create a counterweight to China's Belt and Road Initiative and that the G7 countries are actually investing much more in fossil fuels than they are in green tech. The Build Back Better Initiative, it says, is a lie put out by, quote, carbon criminals, end quote, to greenwash their earth-destroying behavior. CurrentAffairs.org has an article July 5th, 2021 by Nathan J. Robinson entitled Exxon Admits Capitalism Created the Climate Crisis. The article discusses the recent tape recording where an Exxon lobbyist makes, quote, astonishing admissions. The recordings were made by Greenpeace and eventually broadcast on Channel 4 News in Britain. The article highlights the, quote, most important shocking but not shocking confessions, end quote, of the lobbyist. The article says these are... Quote, one, the company intentionally tried to manipulate the public into not understanding the science of climate change, often hiding its role by using third-party organizations. Two, the company pretends to be in favor of solutions to climate change by proposing measures that knows the public will never accept, such as a carbon tax. Three, the company has close relationships with Democratic politicians and has successfully made sure that infrastructure policy will not help us transition to a green economy and will instead focus solely on fossil fuel-friendly infrastructure, end quote. The article also says Exxon panicked and issued a denial statement distancing themselves from their remarks. Robinson goes on to share how the action outlined by the lobbyists are completely in line with free market economics by highlighting how laissez-faire theory says, quote, there is nothing wrong with a corporation seeking to maximize its profits without regard to the consequences of its actions, end quote. The author mentions Milton Friedman's 1970 article entitled The Social Responsibility of Business is to Increase Its Profits, detailing Friedman's arguments that, quote, a business executive is merely a hired agent whose sole job is to increase profits for the shareholders who own the business, end quote. The article also discusses how the climate crisis is worsening around us and temperatures are increasing. The article goes on, quote, but having artificial legal structures that are devoted to maximizing private interests over public ones, which is what corporations are, makes it much, much harder to deal with a problem like climate change for reasons that come out in McCoy's confession. End quote. The article goes on to say that dealing with this issue would be much easier if Exxon were taken into public ownership and, quote, stripped of this mandate, end quote. In these times has an item by Mindy Isser on July 1st, which Truth Out runs under the headline, 
To protect themselves from heat waves, the working class needs to get organized. It says lots of necessary work needs to be undertaken outdoors, even with inclement weather and severe climate disruption. Many outdoor workers, including farm workers, say ISER, are undocumented or otherwise vulnerable workers. The article says, quote, environmentalists long seen as either opposed to workers or just apathetic to their plight have begun to realize that without a strong working class movement, there's no real hope of fighting climate change, end quote. You can see more examples from the article about workers organizing to protect themselves from excessive heat and other dangers on truthout.org and in thesetimes.com. Whitey on the Moon, Gil Scott Heron's poem resonates in 2021 as billionaires race to space is the title of an article by Bruce C.T. Wright on news1.com. The subheading stating, quote, the classic tune touches on many of the same socioeconomic issues that still exist more than a half century after the first astronauts left Earth's atmosphere, end quote. The article calls the socioeconomic and public health issues outlined in the song very fixable and states that it is primarily an issue of priorities. Wright says he recognizes the scientific importance of space travel, but states, quote, at face value, Sunday's flight, not really a launch, seemed to accomplish little more than establishing bragging rights for Branson, end quote. But the article says Branson is actually trying to find ways to make more money. And how will he do it? The article says it's no longer about science and the purpose of space to these individuals is, quote, for reasons of the ego stroking and sports variety, end quote. And now we go to Whitey on the Moon by Gil Scott Heron, first recorded in 1970. We have a poem here. It's called Whitey on the Moon. (laughs) And uh, it was inspired, it was inspired by some Whiteys on the Moon. So I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I said A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon I can't pay no doctor bills but Whitey's on the moon Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night, cause Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me, cause Whitey's on the moon. Well, I was already giving him 50 a week, and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up, and as if all that crap wasn't enough, A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Hmm, Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my fill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills, air mail special. To Whitey on the Moon. We're back, and now we go to an interview. The interview is with Mamiya Abu Jamal and is conducted by students and I believe a professor at University of California, Santa Cruz, was pulled from prisonradio.org for this episode. The original interview was conducted by phone on August 31st, 2020. 
I'm honored to have this opportunity to ask you this question. And this question stems from your book, Jailhouse Lawyers. And in the book, you, I quote, you wrote about how we often think of trials as nice, neat, and polite proceedings where a solemn gentlemen discuss issues of weight and importance with intricate fairness and equality. This is a call from Pennsylvania State Correctional Institution, Mahanoy. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. I can hear you. Okay. Uh, what we see today as trials are descendants of other older Saxon trials in England, which such as trial by ordeal known as judgment by God, which is meant to be trial by fire or trial by water. My question is, in a previous presentation that we did with Megan's class, I was asked, how do we expose the corruption that is the facade of the trial and, and court system, particularly with wrongful convictions? How do we work to educate society that this system is a facade of justice and equality? Well, I think I refer often to what Malcolm used to say, that of all our studies, history best rewards our research. And, you know, if you look at Anglo-Saxon law, and especially British law, you know, during its uh, Middle Ages and uh, prior to the illusion of democracy, um, you can see, right, really <laughs> the ugly face of what the law was. It's uh, it was war, right? Trial by fire or trial by water. And either way, <laughs> you're almost guaranteed to lose. Uh, in this is a call from Pennsylvania State Correctional Institution, Mahanoy. Subject to recording and monitoring. Uh, you know, if we jump forward to uh, this era, that hasn't changed very much. I mean, in most cases, when a person goes on trial, they end up in prison. Um, the other reality is this. Probably in 95% of the cases, it's not a trial. It's a deal, right? So very few people go to trial these days because of the onerous um, punishments that await them. So... A lot of guys take plea deals, right? And, you know, I've seen guys take plea deals for life sentences because they're terrified of getting a death sentence. When, you know, in Pennsylvania and perhaps in half a dozen states, a life sentence is what I call slow death row. Um, so I think we, we go back into the history, but we also talk about American history and how the law is used against the uh, the weak, the poor, the dispossessed, and how people with means and money, shall we say the name Epstein, right, are able to essentially buy their way out of uh, the ravages and the threats of trials until it becomes uh, impossible for them to do so. Uh, already, when we talk about state systems and the federal system, we have a two-tiered system. Actually, we have a mini multi-tiered system. When the wealthy, right, uh, commit crimes, they're able to buy their way um, out of the worst and into kind of the um, 
the penthouse <laughs> of the system. And that's a fundamental injustice right there. But I also I always go back to history because we can see the framework of these systems being constructed when we look at it historically. Do you think the restorative justice movement that is growing right now is just another reform strategy? Or do you think it has the potential to, tran to transform the criminal justice system and life for those that are incarcerated? Well, I think that, you know, yesterday when I talked to you in part one of this segment, um, I talked about how the system really became an economically driven system, right? Mm -hmm. Once you interlock the economic interests, right, into this fallacy of the system, um, you really preclude any other forces from interfering with it because now you have people who are in this system for jobs, not just for years, but literally, literally for generations. Uh, you can see that in Pennsylvania, you can see that in New York, you can see that in most state prison systems where people, you know, their, their children, their grandchildren come in as guards with minimal training and get paid really astronomical amounts of money for really a, a, a minimum of work. Um, so that's the economic thing. Um, and to talk about reforms, I mean, this thing must be deconstructed from its fundamentals. And I really believe, as I suggested earlier, that Angela Davis has the right side of the historical yeah. argument on this question, which is abolition, you know, not reform. Let me give you an idea, though, where I'm coming from. Yeah. In the 70s, you have a prison, prisoner's rights movement emanating mostly from the West Coast and then flowing uh, with some less speed across the rest of the nation. Well, what that generated, right, was a reform that had prison administrators and the media transform language about prisons. You, you were no longer in a prison. You were in a correctional institution. Guards were no longer guards. They were correctional officers. And wardens were to be called superintendents, right? And you had counselors, right? So you had a, a mellowing of the language. But what else did you have? You had the construction of the biggest incorporation, uh, incarceration program in the history of the United States and perhaps the world itself. And you had people being locked up for longer, longer periods of time under really uh, punitive and repressive systems. What you had was a strengthening of the system of repression, but you had a softening of the language. That is what reform does. It changes language, but it doesn't address systems and structures. So we cannot fall for this uh, mirage of reform again. You either have social transformation or you don't. And it's really as basic as that, in my view.
But if you would like to talk on any advice you'd give these young students on how they can be involved in this movement for prison abolition, obsolation, or any ways we can best support you and other other um, incarcerated individuals in general, then we'd love we'd love your insight. Well, I think, especially in this era of social media, the closest one can do is to write someone in prison and correspond with them and allow that person, whoever he or she is, to talk to you or to write to you about, you know, their daily and weekly and monthly and annual conditions and what they experience. Because what I find is that most people, when they talk about prisons, they aren't really talking about prisons. Image of prisons as projected by the corporate mass media. Um, there was a show years ago, back in the 90s, I believe, on HBO called Oz. I cannot tell you how many people ask me questions about stuff they saw on Oz. And I would tell them, you know, while I was on death row at the time, every time that show was broadcast, you would hear guys laughing up and down death row because from our perspective, just looking at the show, it was the funniest thing in the world because it wasn't realistic. Nothing about prison was really reflected there. It was a Hollywood projection. And I think most people think about that when they think about prison. But if you want to know, write to people. And even if you want to go further, uh, talk to them on the phone, as we're doing, or visit. And you will learn things that will blow your mind. Because most people don't know what happens in these hellholes. It will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. So let's deal with some reality as opposed to projections. And, you know, that way you can... In, in, I, in a lot of ways, find out what's happening in your name by the state to human beings who aren't really that different from you. So that's what I have to say. I thank you for your time, Megan. Thanks for listening to the interview. Now we go to one more song before we end the show. This is Immortal Technique with... Young Lords featuring Joel Ortiz, CF, Pumpkinhead, and Panama Alba, released in 2011. New to the world, fresh out the barrio, I was an outlaw rebel, out of my mind young and wild. My existence defined in one word Survive Check uh, if it could be sold, I could sell it If it can't, that's cool I'll fix it up, make it look good enough to catch some fools It started when I was young With my Genesis games He traded me John Madden for I don't remember the name But it was Rico The streets, though, they play with Perico So Tito became my Eho He had cheap blow And each O like three, four times I flip once But it's Evo, the people I deal with a stick none With big guns, they diesel That diesel never changed The custody still gnaw like they agree with anything the weed ain't the same, all the colors is new It ain't just green, the haze is purple and them berries is blue I don't care if it was pink, as long as they still smoking I had them bags 
packed till they damn near open The hustle's in my veins, I could bleed in the pot And make a soup that'll go for ten dollars a pot In La Calle, on a collision course with incarceration Consumed by the lies of the streets They were an illusion, but I awoke Caged like an animal They got me locked in a cell where I'm feeling like an experiment My spirit sharper than lasers they use to build pyramids Writing on the walls keep me sane Knuckle push-ups on the concrete till I bleed out the pain Thoughts of my freedom lingering in my brain I'm stronger and much quicker, I appreciate the gain Building with my air like brown power reunite Tattoos of my flag, PR pride, Jesus Christ But I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy So when I'm free I'll teach and spread the speech how they try to divide us, make us weak Find us and break a piece So I got us, make it peace Honest, I play for peace This is the life of your forefathers that fought hard On four corners of backyards Power in numbers, so they subtract us and add bars If they want it, we gon' take them to war We not a gang or a clique, we young lords I came to my senses Un esclavo no soy That is now my past I came to know me and my people Red, brown, and black help me paint the future The world got a template to turn us into inmates Caged in a state pen, man Fuck going to Penn State Bonded to slave ships to punch in your time car Want my oasis space and jungle behind bars Got my epiphany like Malcolm X Prison to the bricks, but I'm stuck in this global house arrest I'm a free man, so I changed my mannerisms This Greenspan system wanna dead my activism And deal on my chetero, get my people out the ghetto 21st century, grito de la destaca Minorities, no Pokemon tail. Guess the local authorities to we the Hoochie Man trail. For robbing bodegas and boosting like low lives. Media figures choking in four five. Revolutionary gangsters in your presence. Try to dead us with cancer through chemical testing. Unidos por fin, we seize the time. Free at last. Learn to love, live to fight. Not just for me, but for others. Teach the new blood yeah. and live for freedom. Survived the coin toll, pro assassinations AIDS epidemic, crack era, fracture the nation The interpretation of American democracy Is best exemplified in its foreign policy dichotomy I live a double life of political philosophy But revolution follows me to struggle for equality Against the morally bankrupt, claiming to be born again It's a civil war again, like MS-13's origin Banned ethnic studies, claiming our culture will swallow them But you can't conquer people and build a country on top of them And then feel offended that they breathe the same oxygen Your family values lack the wisdom of Solomon But Operation Condor and Operation Bootstrap A poli -sci 101 research for the new jacks It's hard to reach communist utopia tomorrow When your hands are in a fucking glass jar like Che Guevara Forget the distorted historical facts you were given Slave trade was the capital for capitalism Trapped in a prison mentally, dying existentially Separated from people you can't see yourself to be Then racially integrated into a burning house colony of an empire economically burning out Can't win a debate, so they sponsor every threat to me I wonder if Agent 800 is standing next to me In Puerto Rico, the main problem we have is Somos Colonia We're a colony, we're fighting for freedom Because we will not be a slave nation The struggle here is in the university The struggle here is in the community it's against discrimination, it's against the crime against humanity on this beautiful Caribbean island. This is Panama, Vicente Alba, young lord, revolutionary always.
from San Juan, Puerto Rico, que viva Puerto Rico libre. This has been another edition of Socialist News and Views with your host, Nick Schillingford. <laughs>